bitch. It's your girl, Tasha, and I have another amazing show for you all. So let's get right on into it. One thing I love to do before we even get started in a podcast episode is to kind of take the temperature. So if you can think of three things that you're either thinking or feeling right now, you can just go ahead and shoot. Peace, power, calm. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so the guest for this episode is a longtime mentor and friend who I now think of as family and I lovingly call you sis. Yes. So tonight's guest is Shay, and she is a survivor of domestic violence, both physical and emotional. Her mission is to help others who may find themselves in the same place and to overcome. She is the proud owner of the Dear Shay brand, where she promotes positivity, self-affirmation, and a safe place for growth. She is also a licensed life coach and a proud mother of now in total seven and a grandmother <laughs> of five with two more on the way. She yeah. also has a Facebook Live on Heal the City Incorporated that's every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. So welcome to the show, Shay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am so excited. So um, I don't know if you would like to share with the audience a little bit of how you know me, but um, you can go ahead and do that or it's up to you. Yeah. So I met you at a little church on the east side of Detroit called Maranatha SDA. And you were, I think you were like nine, maybe nine or 10. I can't remember. You were little. And I was I was uh, in high school at the time, and I, your grandparents, um, Papa and Honey, adopted me, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I would spend um, Sabbaths, Friday evenings over at their house, spend the night, and go to church with them. Um, and you would always want to come, and we just bonded. You were like the little sister I never had, and I fell in love with this bright vibrant um little girl who just had a zest for life and watching you grow up um, watching you become a mother i get chills i honestly get chills it it brings tears to my eyes as i'm saying this right now i remember our friday night conversations and you looked up to me and at the time I really didn't understand why you did, but I appreciate your, um, your love, your unconditional love you gave me at that time. Um, it really meant a lot. It still means a lot to me today. Wow. All the emotions. (laughs) We haven't even gotten started and we're all in the emotions already. That's me. 
think that um, the reason I wanted you to be a guest is because I feel like you have a very powerful story that will connect with the audience. And I feel that, um, you know, sometimes in life we all go through things, but I feel like in your case, your story is just so powerful. And I feel that the more people are able to hear your story, um, they will be blessed by it and possibly it could be therapeutic for you as well. That is my hope. Uh, that's my hope as well. Okay, so let's get on into it. All right. Okay, so what would you tell a 20-year-old you what it means to be a woman? I would tell my 20-year-old self that being a woman means you are indestructible. Um, you're a superhero. A woman is more than what she wears, the clothes that she puts on, the makeup that she puts on, the jewelry, whatever it may be, the curves of her body. Um, it's way more than what's between her legs, but also <laughs> what's between her legs is a gold mine down mm -hmm. there. So be careful who you let in her. Um, women are the backbone and foundations of everything without us, this world would end as we know it. We are the ones who inspire the men in power to be great. We are the ones who guide and raise the children to be magnificent. And don't let anyone make you feel less than because baby, you are priceless. And being a woman is an honor and a privilege. Ooh, so much wisdom. So what is one lesson that marriage has taught you? And thinking about marriage, congratulations Thank on you. your beautiful wedding. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's just like hope, like in real life, because, yeah. you know, in this day and time, um, relationships are kind of, I don't know, looked at like a commodity that, you know, you can take it or leave it and it doesn't truly hold the significance that it once did. So yeah. when you get to see people like yourself um, who truly take marriage seriously and um, look at it as a partnership and look at it as also a ministry, um, I feel like it's just so inspiring. So if you, you could shed a little light on what marriage has taught you um, as a whole, that would be great. Um. Marriage taught me that it is a partnership, um, that you have to be completely vulnerable um, mm -hmm. and allow someone in the most sacred spaces of your soul and mind. And marriage has taught me that, especially now, I would say um, more so than my first marriage, is that it's taught me that there is such a thing as unconditional love and oh. there's such a thing as um, someone who has your back no matter what. Because the thing is with life, you're going to go through ups and downs. You're not going to always get along. But at the end of the day, knowing that I'm coming home to someone that no matter what has my back, that no matter what is going to be there for me unconditionally and it's gonna help me grow, I'm gonna help them grow, we're gonna to grow together. Wow, wow, I am just so here for that. And um, 
when it comes to advice, especially being um, a young adult, I feel like oftentimes we kind of feel like we're more grown than we really are. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can think back to a younger version of yourself, um, do you think that there was any advice that you disregarded that you wish in hindsight you would have listened to? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. There's so many things I wish I would have listened to. Um, the one thing I wish I would have listened to. And, um, honestly, most people would think this did not come from my parents, but my mother, when I got pregnant, um, with my oldest told me, you don't have to get married. Wow. And, that is a shocker. Yeah. I know your mom. Yes, <laughs> I say that. Said you, you don't need to get married. You don't have to get married. That's you don't need have to get married because you're having a baby. She said, um, you can. She said, finish school first, and then if you guys are still wanting to be together, then be together. And I disregarded all of that because growing up, everywhere else I heard outside of my house was you have to get married. Mm -hmm. Inside my house, I did not hear that. But outside my house seemed to have more influence on me than inside my house. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, interesting. Go ahead. I said interesting, right? I know. That's what I'm sitting here like, whoa, this is deep. <laughs> um, so when you look at how women and especially black women are depicted in mainstream pop culture, what are your thoughts? So for example, um, when you think of various music artists or actresses or whoever, um, how do you think that we are viewed, um, you know, as black women? You know, I'm conflicted. Honestly, mm -hmm. I'm very conflicted because I love the fact that we are now saying, guess what? Notice me, I'm here. I'm mm -hmm. in the room. I'm powerful. I am, I hold the keys, right? Mm -hmm. But at the mm -hmm. same time, there's a part of me that says, are we going too far with mm. um, how we are doing that? Are we... Sh are we being too risque? I mean, there's been a, we've always pushed the envelope as a black woman because I think we've had to, we've had to make that, um, that, that, uh, interest into the room wherever we were and, and to, for everybody to know, look, there she is, she's here. So it had to be a big bang, but now mm -hmm. I, I wonder if we're going too far because I think about the children and the young girls that are, watching some of this stuff like some of the, i i'm not gonna lie i like a lot of the music i still i listen to it um but at the same time i don't think it's for the youth mm -hmm. because i think it gives them a false sense of what reality truly is hmm okay so go into that a little bit as far as the false sense of reality well because we think that um we have to be very um for lack of a better word, naked when we go out the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, yes. We have to be um, very vulgar when we talk to someone. I think that we're losing the ability to make a statement um, clear and with um, very clear thoughts and true knowledge and wisdom without the fanfare. And we're, it's just, is 
you know, me and my husband now, we talk a lot about the commercialization of music and we go back and forth because we, we have vast views that are mm -hmm. different on this. But mm -hmm. one part is it's very commercial now and it's very superficial mm -hmm. and we're not addressing what we are trying to truly address. We're, mm -hmm. we're missing the mark on a lot of things. Mm. I definitely, definitely um, can resonate with everything that you're saying. Um, so in black culture, there is, in my opinion, this expectation that as women, we are to forever be the Bonnie <laughs> as far as always being down and supportive to our Clydes. But what happens when Clyde doesn't live up to his role of protector, provider, lover? Why in especially the black community, are we still expected to be the keepers of their secrets and standby no matter what? Um, we feel like we're going to endure. Okay, so what I'm about to say may be very controversial, and mm -hmm. I own it. I'm here for it. I'm here for <laughs> <controversy>. <laughs> I, I, and honestly, I am not really sure where all this all began. I really believe that it, it came from slavery and um, where women truly, to me, got the raw end of the deal. I do believe that men suffered. I'm not saying they didn't suffer. But women were expected to do the work in the fields. They were expected to take care of the kids. They were expected to take care of their man. And at the same time, they were expected to be the, the, um, the sexual relief for the slave owners without mm. complaint or, or um, frustration or whatever. It was supposed to be like it was some type of privilege that the master wanted to rape you, basically. Right. And mm -hmm. You bear his children, and yet he didn't want to to um, acknowledge those children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um, mindset has carried over into now because men tend to think, well, she can handle everything. She's got mm. it. She's always done it, so she can handle it. And no matter what I do, I can step out. I can cheat. I can do this. I can waste money. I can do all these things and be lazy because she's at home and she has it. And mm. this mindset is, is detrimental. It's so detrimental. It's detrimental to the young men that are seeing this happen in their homes. It's detrimental to the young girls who are seeing it because they were like, oh, this is normal. This is what's supposed to happen. Mm. And it's not supposed to happen. Because if we go back to the first question you asked me about marriage and what it, what it entails, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. Yeah, sometimes there's going to be 70, 30. Uh, sometimes it's going to be a little unbalanced. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to take advantage of the mm. person I claim to love. Right. I'm not going to um, treat mistreat them just because I can. And I know they're not going to leave. And unfortunately, us as black women, we stick and we stay. A part of it is fear that we're not going to find somebody else out there that's going to love us and, and care for us. When in reality, this person that we're with does not love us and does not care for us at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're being we we are now being their we're being their mother, we're being their uh, counselor, we're being their doctor, we're being their teacher, we're being their provider because we're also out here working now. You know, it's not like we're at home anymore and they're out right. there bringing all the money in. No, it's a we're both out there. We're doing the cooking. We're doing the cleaning. We're 
we're everything and yet we're expected to still be everything and it's a mindset that needs to be broken and i really believe that it is from the roots of slavery and what we went through you know the the uh tearing down of what a family truly is and what a marriage truly is right and so me speaking from my perspective i'm single not married and so um to those in the audience that don't know that and i am a new mom or new ish i guess you could say being that my daughter is 17 months but um the thing that um troubles me or that i find problematic about the whole bonnie and clyde dynamic is that um I just feel that there's just so much pressure to always stay no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if we question or if we seek um, support, then somehow it's a betrayal. Yeah. And that's the thing that I find um, problematic because there's so many women and people in relationships. And I say people because men suffer as well, as you pointed out. And I feel like there's so much suffering and silence that's going on. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because you feel like there's a stigma that if I leave, then somehow I am not upholding the black man as I should. That I'm also now the um, person that is mistreating them because I left them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'm not doing my part to uphold them and keep them. But when you stay, like when you stay in that situation and you and you know my story, when mm -hmm. you stay in that situation, it breaks you down from the inside out. I tell people this all the time. It will break you down because you can't consistently be someone's Bonnie when they're not truly being your Clyde. And that's mm -hmm. the, that's the thing. It's it's a give and take. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna hold any. I'm gonna hold you down. You gonna hold me down. But if you're not holding me down, then I'm. There's no reciprocation, and therefore. Am I really being a body to a client? No, I'm being a body to uh, a user and a, a someone who doesn't, like I said, doesn't care about me or doesn't love me. Right, right. So this goes into the old adage of, you know, don't air out your dirty laundry. Do you feel that it's had any kind of effect on you, that whole concept? Oh, yeah, because it made me feel like I couldn't talk to anybody about what was going on in my household. It, it made me feel isolated and alone because you don't, you don't talk about it. You just, you suck it up and you deal with it because you know, marriage isn't perfect and no one's marriage is perfect. So this is what happens and you love and you forgive and you move on and you love and you forgive and you move on and inside you're dying and you have nowhere to go to talk about it because you don't want to be judged. Right. So um, just speaking about isolation and judgment, do you think that um, the fact that you come from a large family, because your family is known through arts, um, you know, the Christian or SDA circle or um, SDA to the ones that in the audience that don't know what that is, is Seven Day Adventist. So um, Shay comes uh, from an iconic family of singers, um, ministers, and just people that are known to be very dynamic in ministry and in uh, philanthropy and just overall wonderful people. So being that you come from such a large family, do you feel like it was easier or harder to seek support when you were going through your life challenges? Um, it was harder for me 
Hmm, Only because my family was very um, supportive. Like my cousins, you know, I have over 20 first cousins. They were very there for me if I allowed them to be. But at the same time, um, I had a... um, an air that I need to put on mm-hmm. to protect the family name. Mm. Um, growing up as a as a Willis in this denomination, and someone just recently told me, you know, you're royalty in this denomination. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no, legendary. <laughs> I, re- I reject that. <laughs> but um, in in a way, it just made me. I knew that I had to protect the family name, like the way I carried myself and what I did reflected upon everyone. You know, I couldn't go anywhere without anybody knowing who I was or who I belonged to. And so therefore I didn't seek the help that I, I, I needed to seek, especially not from the church or not from people I knew. Um, my, the people I sought most would have been my, uh, my cousins. Mm-hmm. And even then it was at, it was limited because I didn't want to, for lack of a better word, I didn't want to tarnish them. I didn't want to blemish them. I mm. I was very protective of them. Mm-hmm. And the things that were going on in my life and that I was exposed to, the things that I was doing that I wasn't raised to do, um, I didn't want to bring them into my world like that. Right. So just to give um, the audience a little bit of perspective of what you have talked about and what you have endured, because I know because I know you. Um, can you speak um, just briefly about um, what age you were when you got married and then what um, age you don't have to say what age you were when you got divorced, but just an overall idea of like how long this period of time was that you're referring to? Oh, I don't mind telling my age. I'm proud, girl. <laughs> I know you I, look amazing, but just <laughs> in case, just in case. That's why I said that. <laughs> um, I got married. Um, I met my first husband at 18 and wow. I got married at 19. Um, we were divorced at um, right before my 42nd, I want to say 42nd birthday. Um, we got divorced. So I literally was with him my majority of my adult life. Right. Yeah. Wow. So transitioning into happiness and peace, because that is everything that I see in all of your posts, not just lately, but like it's been a trend. And you know how social media can just be... um, I don't know. It's kind of like a false reality at times where people just always post. I'm guilty of it as well, posting the highlights. Yeah. um, When it comes to especially my motherhood journey, I feel like I've opened up more and I've become more transparent, especially, you know, when asking for feedback and and advice um, when I have hit a roadblock like teething, for example. I received a lot of support and encouragement um, from my social media family. And um, so I just wanted to know, like, when it comes to happiness and peace, um, do you feel like it's something that's underrated? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Because we're, you know what? We are so drawn to success being a financial, monetary, tangible thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and everybody's out there. We got to have money. We got to have money. We got to have this. We got, you know. We're trying to build up all these assets. And 
I promise that you can have all of that. Like I've had all of that. And if you don't have peace, like you, you gotta have peace because mm -hmm. if you don't have that, none of that even matters. Mm -hmm. And I literally fight for my peace every day. Like I fight for my peace. Um, and by saying that, I mean, I'm still healing. Mm -hmm. I'm still healing. So there are days where I'm very, I'm, I'm still very peaceful. There are days where, um, if you see me post, um, on my dear Shay, it's because I, I need that reassurance that everything is going the way it's supposed to go and mm -hmm. everything is okay. And that gives me a sense of peace right. and, and comfort and joy knowing that, you know, from look, reflecting on where I was to where I am now and that peace is something that I cherish more than anything because I know what it's like to be, uh, to not have it, to very sleepless nights and, you know, crying and feeling all alone and um, just in torment, mm -hmm. an emotional, an emotional torment. And so I, I, I can't stress how important that is. Like, you have to get to a place where you have peace because and then everything else falls into place. Right. Everything else falls into place. And it, it's, it's a different feeling to have the things that you desire when you have peace because you know mm -hmm. that there it's a true blessing and that you're humble enough to know that you are not going to be selfish with it, but you're going to share and you're going to encourage others along the way because uh, this journey of life is so not easy. This mm -hmm. journey of adulthood, you know, you see all the TikToks now where, you know, one thing you wish someone had told you, you know, about life that adult teen is hard. It's not what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. We just thought we weren't going to have to take naps anymore. <laughs> we didn't think about the bills and about the pressures of society and about navigating life, trying to figure out your life purpose, trying to think about your partner and or partners. Like we did not think about any of that. Hey, nope. Nope. <laughs> no, we didn't. Right. It was going to be heaven once we got there. Like, okay, once I get 21, I'm, I'm good. Right. <laughs> now so realizing good. we should have just sat down and enjoyed it for a second before just rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what you said about fighting for your peace definitely resonates with me where I am in my journey. Um, I call it, I'm um, protecting my peace. And so um, for me, protecting my peace looks like um, I just don't engage with certain people that are going to trigger me mm -hmm. um, as far as, um, you know how when you interact with certain people, you can kind of feel their energy and you can feel their judgment and or their love and or whatever it is that they um, are kind of transferring to you. Yes. So um, in my particular place where I am in life, I just can't with the negativity because um, I know that we all are going through things, but at the same time, if every time that we interact, um, not speaking of you and I, but just me and someone else, if every, if every interaction is a negative one or one where we're 
um, trying to process some type of drama. I just feel like maybe we're just on different paths and we need to take a break. I'm not saying that I don't care or I'm not interested, but I just have so much on my plate right now. As you mentioned, as a new mom and then with my podcast and then, you know, work, it's just a lot that I'm balancing. So I just can't. I have to be able to have peace because one of the things that happens to me when I do not have peace is I'm not able to sleep. Yeah. So um, I definitely need all of my sleeps <laughs> with my daughter because you see her. She is like a lot. Oh, she's, a, she's a little firecracker. I love it. I right. love it. Right. So moving right along. Um in your journey, uh, how do you quiet the voices of expectation from others when you decided to follow your own life purposes and dreams? So like with Dear Shay or in, you know, career choices, you can speak to, you know, whichever you feel like is most relevant. You know, though, for so long, everything I did was trying to please someone else. Hmm. Okay. And um, the biggest decision I made for me was when I transitioned from Detroit to Florida. Okay. And that was huge for me. I, you know, my children, some of my children were still in Detroit. Um, my parents were close to Detroit, but I had to do something um, that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because I always worried about what everybody else wanted or thought or, you know, I was just trying to please everybody. Mm-hmm. So that big jump and getting away from everything was um, was significant for me. Um, and then what I had to realize was that um, I was important. My desires and my wants were important. And then being transparent about what was going on or had happened in my life because for so long I was being, I protected um, my abuser um, because I didn't want um, my children to see him as anything else. Um, And I had to, I had to stop that. And so quieting the voices took um, a lot of therapy. Um, it took um, a lot of meditation, which I'm, I'm still doing, um, and a lot of just sitting um, in my emotions and thoughts because I would avoid being alone. Like I would avoid just being anywhere by myself hmm. mm-hmm. because it, it was I would have to face and deal with everything. But by facing and dealing with everything, no matter how hard it was, it made me stronger and it made me more vocal about who I wanted to be and who I was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what I really appreciate about a lot of what you are uh, sharing is just the fact that you are acknowledging that you are still um, in transition and you're still evolving and, or as Michelle Obama would say, you know, um, you're still becoming because I think, you know, there's this idea that especially, you know, speaking about adulthood and life in general, that we are somehow supposed to rush to the end and, you know, feel like we have arrived. And 
in my journey, I just feel like I am a student of life. I don't know if I'll ever arrive. I feel like I will continue to have accomplishments along the way, but I feel like there will continually be room for growth. And so the fact that I'm hearing you say something very similar to that, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I often say, and I always feel, I've felt this for a very long time, that if you feel that you have gotten to a place of where you have obtained it all, you're in danger. Like mm -hmm. you're in a serious danger zone. Mm -hmm. um, you're in a danger zone of becoming someone that you don't want to become. Because no one, no one, no one knows everything. Mm -hmm. No one has experienced everything that life brings. Um, you're going to always have these nuances that pop up in life that you're like, okay, all right, let right. me figure this out. What am I supposed to learn from it? What am I gaining from it? And I think now, um, you know, there's some things where I still feel this urge to just like wreck havoc and fix it all right now. But then there's some times where I, I know in the back of my mind, if I sit and I'm quiet and I meditate and I process, then I know that, okay, what am I supposed to be learning? Because God is trying to teach me something. So what is this little thing that's happening? And I don't look at it as a bad thing anymore. Hmm. I just look at it as a process and a part of me becoming a better person. Right, right. So growing up in the church community that we did, um, do you feel like it helped or hindered your relationship with religion or spirituality? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a different experience. Like there are so many wonderful things that I've that I have gained and I've kept and there's so many things that I've pushed away. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. our particular faith and I am not speaking ill of it, it's very segregated and very um sheltered. You mm -hmm. know, we it's just it's it's a huge community and it's very hard to break away from. Mhm. Mm um, and it did hinder me a little bit because I didn't, I became very, I had biases that, um, I didn't know, even know what, that I had them and I don't know where they particularly came from, but I know I have them. Mm -hmm. So I had to work on that. And then the other thing though, that was good. So I'm, it's a, it's a mix for me. The other thing that was good was that I learned to, um, to search for myself. Mm, mm -hmm. And I really, really became like my way of thinking is so different. And I knew it was different at a very young age. Like I knew it was different. If my grandparents were alive, I would talk to them because I felt like such an outsider. Um, I knew that God had something for me. I just never knew what it was, but I always felt so different than the rest of my family and friends hmm. and um, in the church. And even to this day, you know, um, I'm considered like a little rebel, but I just. I my, love rebels. I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even try to be. I just end up being somehow. <laughs> I, I, I now accept it more and I just focus on my relationship with God. Um, I just focus on that love piece, like that unconditional love. And, and I don't particularly 
um, subscribe to certain doctrines that I used to, um, but I, I just try to be the best that I can be every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't try to harm or hurt anyone. I, I try to show love and mercy and grace because it's been shown to me so many times because I, I honestly shouldn't even be here speaking to you right now, but it's grace and mercy. So I'm very Ooh, much that still, is a message. I'm very much still very, um, spiritual or religious of uh, me and my now husband, we go back and forth about who's more spiritual <laughs> um, because I'm so, um, I'm different and I accept that and I'm okay with that. And I accepting that I have bloomed even more. So it's, it's, it's taught me some I'm good a witness things to that. I am definitely a witness to that evolution. Yeah. Thank you. It's taught me some good things that I keep. It's taught me some things that I um, I see that I don't like. And that's one of the things that I saw I didn't like was the fact that um, when you think you know everything there is to know, you're, 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 you, God can't use you. Mm. He can't. He can't because you've now become something else. And I won't get into all that, but that's that's where I'm at with that. And I've been peace knowing I don't, I honestly, I don't practice a lot of what I was raised to practice. It probably bothers my parents and to a, to a point, but I think deep down inside, they, they know um, that my relationship with um, God and is real is there's no mistaking it is definitely real because that's what saved me. That's what got me through 23 plus years. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I don't. I don't mince words with that. Mm-hmm. I know exactly why I'm still here, and who kept me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let that just sink in for a <laughs> second. I'm just saying, like you definitely shared and dropped some gems right there, and I just feel like it's appropriate just to let it sink in. <laughs> So um, as a new glam ma, I feel like that is so appropriate. (laughs) Um, How do you feel like this role um, has impacted you, you know, on the other side of everything? Oh, my goodness. I (laughs) it. um, It's like coming full circle, Mm -hmm. you know, it's. And I know you're just starting this journey, but I, I promise you, the first time I saw um, both the boys being born um, for my biological children mm-hmm. um, and seeing them come out, it was like seeing my kids all over again. Wow. And wow. It's okay. Take a moment if you need to. You don't get um, a chance to correct the wrongs or the mistakes um, that you made as a parent because you, you're going to make them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just inevitable. You can try all you want to. You're going to make them. But you get to pour into your grandchildren wisdom that you didn't get to pour into your children. And a lot of times children say, oh, my God, you treat them different than you treated us. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. 
because guess what? I've learned, mm. I've grown, and now I have, I am able to do and to relax and enjoy as a parent. You're, you're on guard a hundred percent of the time. You're like, got to do this right. Got to do this right. I can't damage you. Right. I don't want to damage you. But as a grandparent, it's like, Ooh, I get to enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. I, I sit and I'm in awe. I am in awe of these little, these little beings that have so much personality and it's just, it's a more um, relaxing journey. I get to, you know, I'm there for my children. If they need me, as far as advice, I don't push or prod um, because I raised my kids to be very independent, mm-hmm. except there's one that is still very dependent, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's always, always one. one. There's always <laughs> one from what I understand. Um, there is and you know i get to enjoy i get to enjoy watching them grow and the little nuances that they discover each and every day um i when i see them and how they just know that i am like they just know who i am like i don't see my um, grandson in Detroit all the time but he knows who i am he asked mm-hmm. to call me and it, it blows my mind i'm just in awe i'm in awe and I'm grateful that I get to see them. Like I'm grateful I get to enjoy them and I'm here to interact with them. Right. So I'm going to be a little selfish and ask a question that's um, just for me, but if it pertains to other people, that's great as well. So when it comes to um, motherhood and especially when um, to new moms, do you have any advice to new moms that you would like to share? Yeah, breathe, breathe. You know, um, Ooh, breathing. I'm trying to figure out what do I even know. What that means? <laughs> I feel like I'm always holding my breath. Like you I'm are. Like, yeah. I am um, purposely meditating. I'm always okay. Did I check all the boxes? Okay, she's fed. She's cleaned. Um, did I read to her? Did I sing to her today? Did I practice her letters, numbers? You know, the phonetic sounds. I feel like there's a never-ending list in my mind, and yeah. I'm like always. I don't know on guard if that makes sense. Oh, no, it does. That's why I said breathe, (laughs) breathe. Because you know what? (sighs) Sometimes we are so focused on um, the day-to-day task and the the checklist Mm -hmm. that we don't truly enjoy the small moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we miss out on so much just trying to be this perfect mom and give them, you know, everything the way that we think or society says we should do. And, you know, if we just would take a minute and breathe and Mm. see them for who they are and what they are supposed to teach us, because that's the thing about kids, like we're teaching them, but they're teaching us too. Mm-hmm. And there's lessons mm-hmm. that they are meant to teach us, to help us to grow. And if we're so on edge and not breathing, it, we miss them. And these these years, I know people always say it, and it can be, it can be um, repetitive. And it seems like it's such a cliche, but you can't get those years back. Hmm. You, you can't get those small moments back, that little giggle of uh delight when they see something new you know that 
that little happiness when they when they figure out they can do something they've never done before. Mm -hmm. You know, those those moments matter. Um, and just I always talk to your child. Um, I tell this to a lot of people um, like they understand because I truly believe they understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think when we dumb it down for them, we are we're weakening their brain muscle. Mm -hmm. And we're not doing them justice. Kids, kids come, kids are smart. They're brilliant. They come out brilliant. Right. And it's up to us to keep that brilliance going. So um, you treat them like that, then they will continue to grow and expand. And you'll be cracking up laughing and just in awe of all the things they can do and be. And if you just literally, I promise you, um, Natasha, just breathe. I receive that. I absolutely receive that. Whether I'll be able to apply it is a <laughs> but I definitely receive it and I will work towards it. <laughs> good, good, good. That's all that's all you can do, you know? It's a it's a journey. It truly is a journey. Right. And I feel like um COVID has been a lot of things and it's been a lot of awful things, but one blessing of COVID is it has allowed me to actually interact with my daughter and be with her in a way that would not have been possible had it not been for COVID because, yeah. um, at the time that I had her, I would have had to return directly to work um, short, uh, shortly after, you know, my maternity leave. So being that COVID happened when it did, even though I was isolated and I had, you know, to process a lot of emotions and just the whole um, weight of motherhood, a lot of times by myself, it felt like... Um, I feel that I have also been blessed that, you know, she, I didn't have to take her, you know, to daycare, you know, at such a young age. So I count that as a win. And there are days that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till she can go somewhere, Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and other days it's just like, okay, this is everything that I always wanted. And yeah, but when she's licking a wall, I'm really not sure how I'm really feeling at that point. Because <laughs> I'm like, you can be just everything and just so smart. And then it's like you're licking a wall though. So how did how did we get here? So yeah. about that wall, that texture. All right, right. So in closing, I am just so grateful for your time and just for the energy that you shared with me and also the audience. Um, so what is one thing that you want the guests to know um, that you wish someone would have told you as it pertains to any area of life? Um. I wish someone would have told me it's okay to fail. Hmm. Um, I was so bent on being perfect. Like it drove me for everything I did, like grades, relationships, um, everything, hmm. work, everything. I was just very bent on being perfect. And failure to me was the most catastrophic thing that could happen. Right. The ultimate um, failure. The ultimate failure. As opposed to just failing and learning and growing. Yeah. So 
Um, I wish I had learned that earlier in life. I wish that I would have learned that it's okay to fail. Um, and that your best lessons and your um, best growth comes from failing. Um, it truly does. Uh, there are things that you will never learn unless you fall down. You know, as kids, you you know, as a mother, you see your child running and you're so afraid they're going to fall and scrape their knee, but they kind of need to to run and find that balance because if they don't learn like, okay, if I don't put my foot this way or put that way, then I fall down. And when they fall down, they're like, okay, well, you know, you'll see them. They'll get back up and they just try again. It's us as parents who are like, oh my God, you fell. Yes. Are you okay? And they're like, okay, like I, got my baby. Oh, my baby. <laughs> I got this, but right. um, it's, it's okay to fall down. It's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's, it's okay. It's really how you navigate through it. Um, are you, are you seeking the lessons that are trying to be taught to you in that failure? Or are you just taking it as a loss and as a hit against your character and who you are? So that's the one thing I wish someone would have, um, had told me that it was okay to fail. Wow. That is so powerful. Again, sis, I am just so grateful for you, um, for your ministry, for um, just your time and the love and support that you continually um, share and give to me unconditionally. And um, I just would like you to share with the audience and the village um, where we can find you and your journey, you know, on social media so we can continue to cheer you on along the way. And I'm sure um, also get inspired. Um, on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at it's ITS Dear Shay. Um, again, my show that I do every Thursday at 730 is on, it's a Facebook live show and it's on Heal the City Inc on Facebook. Um, it's a wonderful platform that I've been privileged to be a part of. So those are the places that you can uh, locate me at. I'm always available um, for inboxes and questions and just support. I'm here for anyone who's looking for it because I know what it's like to not to feel like you don't have it. Right, right. So again, thank you so much, sis, for joining us. And thank I am you. just looking forward to continuing to see your journey and to continue to see you blossom. I'm just so excited about this new chapter um, in life that you are walking into. And I am just so here for it because you are absolutely glowing and walking <laughs> your purpose. And it's just a beautiful thing to behold. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, you hold a very special place in my heart and always will. So I appreciate that you would have me on your show.